it uh, is the stopwatch here so that I try to remain on time. I have failed many times, but there is hope. Okay. So, as I said, hello, my name is Peter. I'm one of the members in the church. And uh, firstly, to all, the, to all the visitors, I want to welcome you. I want to say, really, it's lovely having you here. You chose the wrong day to come here for the first time. Um, <laughs> this is my first time doing a big boy preach. So, if it crashes and burns, just know next week will be better, okay? We can only go up from here, okay? And if by some miracle this is amazing this morning, please come back because we can only go up from here in any case. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as I already said, I'm just one of the members in the church, so why am I standing in front of you? Um, it is not just so that you can have something pretty to look at this morning, um, but actually on, on Monday evening, we had a worship time with the, the guys from Stellenbosch. They came on Saturday until Tuesday, and uh, in the worship time, we, it was, yo, it was like, it's just like looking at Jesus and giving him praise for who he is. And uh, as we were worshiping, I just felt God suddenly dropping in my heart, just a preach that, that I, I, I submitted to, to higher. And he also said, yes, he feels like this is a time for that preach. Um, I love how God just works. And you know, even this morning, one of the scriptures I want to share, Isel already shared. So uh, that's super cool if God does that and just, yeah, just love God building his church. So what I want to speak about, um, I know some people love to give a title to their message, and uh, today I want to speak about loving what God loves, and uh, I want to speak about the aspect of His bride or His church. The Bible speaks about us as the, as the church, and it uh, relates us to being a bride. So as you can see, I don't have a bride. Um, yeah, we will get there, hopefully. But uh, I, d I do have a few friends that recently got married. Um, so yesterday I phoned them. Where's Paul? Oh, okay. So let's start with Andre. Maybe Paul will be back. So I phoned Andre. Uh, he did not pick up, but that's fine. There is Grace. And I just sent him a voice note, and I, and I asked him, Andre, is it true that when you started to love Valet more, you started to love the things she loves more. And what he said was amazing, because if he didn't say this, my whole preach would be ruined. <laughs> he said, yes, it is true. The more he loves her, the more he wanted to know what she loves. And something he said that was amazing, and I'm going to use this, is that the more he loved her and found out the things she loves, and the more he started loving those things, the more he in, in, imported those things into his own life. So not only was it just the things that she loves, it also became the things that he loves. And I think for us, that is such a special thing and something that we can really pull through even to our relationship with God. Hey, Paul. So I phoned Paul, and he did answer. And I asked him the same thing. <laughs> Let's go. There we go, there we go. And I asked him as well. Paul, 
Did you start to love the things Gabby loved the more you started to love her? And he also said yes. And I also said thank you. If you said something else, you'd ruin my entire preach. <laughs> so here we are today. And uh, I want to I look at the aspect of God loving His church or Jesus loving His church. And I firstly want to start with Ephesians 5, uh, 5, 25 to 28. There we go. So we have a different translation. So I'm going to read from there, but it is still the Bible, so it will say the same thing. Okay. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is for me such an amazing scripture looking at the bridegroom who is Jesus and the bride who is the church. And I want to first look at a part here and I want to go back to verse 25. And uh, the way I see these three verses, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, please not now, that would be awkward, but come speak with me afterwards if you disagree. But verse 25, I believe this speaks about the past. He gave up his life for her. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for his bride. He gave himself up for his bride. 1 John 3, 16. There we go. This is how we know that love, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. And I think this is such amazing scripture of just again confirming that Christ died out of a place of love. And in the same way, we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Even in the church, we lay down our lives for one another as we see Jesus doing. Thanks. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think that's, uh, uh, yeah, again, I love Scripture, so again, this is amazing Scripture. And it just shows us that God loved us even before we accepted Him. Irrespective of whether we would ever receive Him as our Savior, as our, our bridegroom, irrespective of that, He loved us and He died for us. There's another scripture that speaks about he loved us even while we were his enemies. We were enemies of God, and yet through that, he loved us. If you look at the book of Hosea, amazing book, go read it. It speaks about the prophet Isaiah, and, and God directed him to go and marry a wife that was continuously unfaithful to him. He, he was directed to God to keep on pursuing her, even in her unfaithfulness. And that is a picture of, again, us, the church, as his bride, 
and Hosea taking the place of, of Jesus or representing Jesus in this, that even when we, the bride, is unfaithful, Jesus, the bridegroom, remains faithful, and he keeps on fighting for us. And again, we shouldn't preferably just stop there of like, hey, okay, cool, we know that Jesus will keep on fighting, so I'm not going to, you know, give myself over to him. No. Let's be a bride that, that gives ourselves faithfully to the bridegroom because he's worthy of it. He deserves it. He is so, he's the perfect bridegroom. Um, so I'm a, I'm a photographer, and uh, most of what I shoot is weddings. I love weddings. I cry myself dead if it's two saved people that I know. And the reason why I cry is, no, so just a little quick background. My parents are divorced, and for a long time I had to just deal with the hurt of, of divorce, and I had to, you know, again go and seek what is God's heart for, for marriage. And the breakthrough, for, for a while I didn't want to get married in my life because um, I just saw the brokenness, but God really restored that by showing His love for the church and then reminding me that his love for the church is the perfect picture of a marriage. And then if I start to cry, just bear with me. Um, God has done really a lot in this, and just us just having the privilege of being called his bride is something that I just see as an amazing honor and privilege. And even preparing this message yesterday, I was literally at one point like just kneeling on the floor weeping, just looking at the beauty of, of Christ and looking at the beauty of this picture of us being the bride that he continuously fights for even when we are unfaithful to him. Um, he truly, truly is the best bridegroom you could ever have in life, which uh, obviously gives us uh, quite a high standard as the guys. Um, we will fail. We will fail miserably, but uh, there is grace in that. So, uh, yeah, so as I said, I believe verse 25 speak, speaks about the past and, and what God has done. And uh, verse 26 speaks of what is still happening. So this started after he died, and this is still continuing into where we are today. So let's quickly recap on that. So he died to make her holy, clean, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And I believe we as, as the church are now in, in a time of being cleansed, being made a pure and spotless bride for him. And not, for, not even for ourselves. I mean, we get to benefit from being a pure and spotless bride because we get to see more of Jesus but it is for him. Uh, one John, no. This is where we're on now. There we go. Okay, one John, one verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is where we are now and a place of purifying. How do we get purified? It is from, um, if we confess our sins. You know, how amazing is that, that even though we were born 
into sin. We were born sinners because we are part of His bride and He wants a pure and spotless bride. Throughout this life, He gets to cleanse us and we get to confess our sins to one another. We get to just purify who we are as His bride for His glory. One of the most amazing things for me on, on a wedding day, and again, the entire wedding day is again a picture of the bride being prepared for the bridegroom and coming and even the walking down the aisle, most commonly with the Father, it is God taking His church and the bride, presenting it to Jesus, pure and spotless. Two of my favorite moments on a wedding day, the first is when the bride and her father have a first look. It's so amazing to, to see how proud the father is of his little girl, how he has throughout her entire life prepared her in a lot of ways for this moment. He has prepared her for just this giving unto the bridegroom. And there's so much proud moments in that, just so much emotion in that. And again, this is a weird place where we are the bride in this picture, but we also take some of the aspects of the father preparing the bride for this. And then one day we together, when we stand in judgment before God, he will, he will call us to, to give an account for the church. And we will be able to, by His grace, because it can purify us and because He does purify us, we can stand before Him and present for us, Josh Jen, in front of Jesus. And are we going to be on that day a pure and spotless bride for Him? You know, we get to have that privilege and that honor. Another amazing part of the wedding day, day um, is when the, the bridegroom is at the front of, at the altar waiting for his bride to enter. And just the first time he sees her, being so overwhelmed with emotion of, of love and, and this amazing moment that has been awaited for such a long time, finally being connected with his bride. No, I think that's such an amazing picture for where we are now, where we as the bride is waiting for our bridegroom, for him to come back, and knowing that even Jesus is waiting for us, his bride, to come to him. Again, on that day, will we be a pure and spotless bride? Because he loves his bride. And if we love him, we will love his bride. And if we love Him, we will try and do everything within us to make His bride appear and spotless bride. You know, it, the, the Scripture says that, that He is the one cleansing us, but I do believe there's a part where we get to position ourselves to be cleansed. It says that He cleans us when we confess our sin. We do the confessing, He does the cleansing. You know. Then I want to go to, to verse 27. Here we go. And I believe this, this speaks of what is still to come. 
and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You know, how amazing will that day be when we are fully in the presence of our bridegroom. Now, even, even preparing this yesterday, I was weeping just at the beauty of the bridegroom. And then also God showing me that the beauty of the bridegroom is shared with the bride. We get to share from looking at the bridegroom. We can see his glory. We can see his love. We can see the aspects of God that just makes us fall more in love with who he is. I want to read Revelation 19 verse 7. Sorry, are you guys still with me? I feel like I'm going very quickly through this. Here we go. Okay, verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Oh, I just love it. The bride has made herself ready. There's a, there's a thing of, the bride realizing that this is a special moment, this is a special time to be connected with the bridegroom and just preparing herself for that. Now, I mean, on earth, the brides are normally the one that looks amazing and beautiful and just love it. The guys, we try to look semi-decent. But just looking at... at, at, at how that is so much different from what our experience will be. You know, we as the church will do our best to make ourselves pretty, without blemish and spot or wrinkle through His grace. And He's going to be the one actually preparing us. But in this picture, it's the bridegroom who is the perfect one. It is the bridegroom that has unmeasurable worth, unmeasurable loyalty towards the bride. He is such a worthy bridegroom. The most beautiful they will ever be. And I want to look back uh, at, at a kind of love that Jesus has for his bride. He has a sacrificial love for her where he gave himself to the point of death for her. He purifies her. He has a, a love that leads her into purity, that leads her into beauty. And he awaits eternity with her. How beautiful is it that God awaits eternity with his bride. And again, there's so many aspects of God, so I'm, I'm just focusing on the part of us being the bride and him the bridegroom. And I want to make the point that, that Jesus truly loves his bride. And that the more we love him, the more we will love the church. 
And the more we love the church and the more we love Jesus, the more something in our hearts will earn to help and make this bride pure and spotless. If we love His church, we will care for her and we will help purify her. This means to confess our own sin and to walk in the light, but also help our brothers and our sisters to walk in the light. You know, our first responsibility is to look at our own lives and saying, Lord, search my heart, and if you find anything wicked within me, to remove that. And then, Scripture challenges us to, to carry one another's burdens, to, to confess our sins even to one another. And, and I want to I encourage you to, even in this church, I mean, we've, we've come a long way from where we were, but to be able to present ourselves pure and spotless before the bridegroom, we have a long way to go. And we have this amazing privilege to, to help each other confess our sins, to help one another to walk in the light. We have the amazing privilege to, to disciple one another. We have the amazing privilege to go out into the world and tell more people about the bridegroom, to share about his worth, to share about his glory and about his love, to share that they can also be part of the bride. And when I speak about the bride and the church, I'm speaking about those not just visiting the church, not that just goes to church on a Sunday, but to those that has firstly submitted themselves to God. But to those that has become aware of their own sin, realizing they can't fix themselves and they need a Savior. That's the church. That's the bride. So if, if you haven't reached that point, of giving yourselves fully to Jesus, where you have made a decision to follow Him, and in doing that, become part of the bride. To you, I want to say, He is the most beautiful person you will ever meet, the most loving person you will ever meet, the most caring person you will ever meet. And our response as Christians, as we look unto who He is, something in our hearts desires to be, to be pure and to be spotless because He's worthy of it. Um, yeah. So let us pray and then uh, Aya will take it from there. Cool. So let's close our eyes. Jesus, you are so wonderful. You are so beautiful. And Jesus, today we want to stand here as your church, Lord. And we ask that you would come and make us pure and spotless. Jesus, that we would come besides our brothers and our sisters to help them to walk in the light 
as you are in the last days. Amen. Am I not on? There we go. That's excellent. Thanks, Peter. And I want to just end off with a scripture that I want to encourage us with as we go from this place. You know, learning what he loves is uh, kind of our responsibility, isn't it? It's not going to just fall onto your lap knowing what, what he loves. Like those who are married, you, you need, it probably takes some time, you know. It's like it's not going to stand on a wedding day and I know exactly what she loves. I mean, it's still a journey, right? My wife's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is a journey. It's a relationship that we need to pursue, man. It is time that we need to spend and get to know what he loves. And, and the Bible gives us a lot on that, on what he loves. So start there. Get into the Word. Find out what, what, Lord, what do you love? And you look into the Word and that's what he loves. You know, and I want to read a scripture and, and, and I want to get to the point of we all got a part to play in this. We all got to, we all actually have something to add to this. Imagine a church where every person loves what he loves. Honestly, I think that will change nations. That will change everything. A church where every person that walks into, and a church is not the building, but every person that walks into this building loves what he loves. Like every aspect of it, even the difficult parts. And we just love what he loves. And we've got, all got a part to play. And in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not preaching, I'm just saying. I'm, um, this is the, the introduction. What, do you, what, did, what did I say? Introduction. I'm just kidding. It's the conclusion. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, it says, If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And I want to say, if one person of this body is not loving what he loves, the whole body suffers. Did you get that? If you are part of this body, and I mean, some of you are part of another church, maybe you're not part of church, and you find a church that, that really represents God. But wherever you find yourself in, be part of that body and represent Him. And love what He loves. Imagine a church where every person loves what He loves. And that will really honor him. But if one part suffers, man, as a church, surely we should come alongside and encourage, hey man, can I help you? Can I encourage you to really love what he loves? Because that will create so much momentum in us as a church to move forward and to take hold of what he has taken hold of us for. Does that make sense? So the, the, I want to end with this. Each one of us, let's all go and find out what does he love. And yes, you know, Peter led us into a place of loving the church is what he loves. Yes. The church is, 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 is there's so, so many as aspects and facets of the church. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's easy. But there's so much of the church that we need to still grow into and understand his ways better. And we need to love that, man. Amen. Thanks for joining this morning. Uh, it's lovely to have some of you guys that's visiting us for the first time. Thanks for joining. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, there's coffee. Uh, I think there's brownies, eh? Whoa. Lekker.
Thank you for Christian and Sarvi. You guys brought the brownies. Thanks for that. Uh, one each, please. <laughs> Where are you one? Only one. But uh, yeah, hang around, get to know someone. If you do have any questions, please feel free to come and ask. And if you are visiting us, I think you should have received a visitor's card. Please just hand that in. We'd love to connect with you. And then we'll see one another next, next week. Next week, Sunday. All right. Bye.